Italian Wine Podcast, a Wine to Wine Business Forum 2021 media partner, is proud to present a series of sessions highlighting the key themes and ideas from the two-day event held on October the 18th and 19th. 2021. This hybrid edition of the Business Forum was jam-packed with the most informed speakers discussing some of the hottest topics in the wine industry today. For more information, please visit winetowine.net and tune in every Thursday at 2pm Central European Time for more episodes recorded during this latest edition of Wine to Wine Business Forum. Good morning, buongiorno, dobre utra. If you are present in person uh, at Wine to Wine Business Forum, you may have noticed that there is a large uh, delegation of Russian importers now in Verona. And uh, surprisingly, six out of eight people are ladies. So the female side is presented very, very well this time. And you would think that the questions of inclusivity of female participation in business is quite serious. However, things are not so straightforward, and in, even though the sign of having so many lady importers is a really nice sign, there are lots of, lots of underlying issues. And today we have a great session with uh, Irina Fomina, who is the chairman of board and founder of MBG, Moscow Business Group, which is one of the historic importers in Russia with uh, more than 25 years of experience. And I'm absolutely delighted to welcome Irina. Dobre день, Irina. Thank you very much, Nora. Grazie mille. We are starting without any further ado, rather than going through the official resume, we'll be talking about uh, your company in many different questions. Uh, so so uh, in this way, I don't want to do a formal interview resume first. So we'll be going through it during the interview. Okay. And let's uh, start with this. In Russia, Irina, uh, somebody called you the first lady of the Russian wine import business. So running a wine business, is this something natural to you? You know, I don't quite understand the essence of this question because woman or not woman, I have been running this company for 25 years. Even if in the beginning, if it was not so natural, now it's completely natural. Right, but how would you describe your management style? How do you actually run? I'm a tough manager, that's true. But uh, I'm also a people person. A woman uh, can be very efficient uh, as a manager if she uses her intuition while keeping calm. All these uh, definitely in addition to her professional skills. Before we move on, I'd just like to mention for our audience that Irina has the company which is called uh, Moscow Business Group, which is not just one import company. In fact, there are two, MBG or MBG in Russian. And the second one is Millennium, which appeared later. And uh, maybe not so many people know that there is also a cosmetics company. And so before getting into detail with all your various businesses, and of course, I also need to mention that you have restaurant projects, two very different restaurant projects. So it's quite a large, a really um, large business holding. Uh, but before getting into detail with this, I wanted to ask, how many uh, women do you actually have in key positions? In your, in not just an MBG, but generally in your, in your group of companies? We have many women in MBG and Millennium more than in cosmetic, <laughs> that's maybe rather interesting, but it is the truth, it's historically like this. In uh, MBG operations, director is a woman, 
commercial director is a woman, portfolio director is a woman, chief accountant is a woman, and I can go on <laughs> a lot, a lot. Mm -hmm. Right, but these decisions were made purely on the professional skills, on the assessment. Purely, purely. Right. Nothing else. So in this way, we can say that, you know, Russia is not really behind. It, it's just a very European um, model, how things should be run nowadays, really. Especially now that Russia generally is uh, viewed uh, as a patriarchal society. So everybody looks for a Tsar or, you know, a very strong male figure who will head uh, the society. I would ask you this question. Is it uh, more challenging for you to run the business in this atmosphere, in, in, in this context? That you are pro you're perhaps the only woman who is actually the, the chairman of board, being female. Uh, if I think in about wine and coating companies, there are yeah, not so many. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right, yeah. So uh, would you say that is more challenging in this way to, 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 to be a, a woman? Uh, you know, first of all, I wanted to um, to express myself, and I, I don't agree that Russia is a patriarchal society. Even in former days, uh, uh, during the Soviet Union period, there were many uh, women running different industries of, uh, of the country. Uh, you may also remember uh, that the the in in. Uh, the Valentina Tereshkova, who, who was uh, the first woman in space, space, and now uh, we have a, 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 the first actress which uh, was in space for the, the, they were filming a movie. Very interesting too. In modern Russia, it's uh, also very interesting because uh, the, in Federation Council, we have a chairwoman, we have uh, in Duma uh, deputy chairman, a woman. We have two deputy prime uh, minister of Russia, women, one for social policy and another one for agro-industrial complex, natural resources and ecology. The chair, the chairman, chairwoman of a Russian state bank, woman, Elvira Nabiulina, even Central uh, Election Commission of Russia, woman. Right, so probably it's about time that people stop thinking about this stereotype. That yeah, yeah, yeah. and you, yeah, and you know also what one one uh, one other interesting thing in uh, Saint Petersburg we have uh, the Eurasian, uh, Eurasian Women's Forum every uh, every year since two thousand fifteen. And this is a, a, a largest international platform uniting female leaders from all uh, a lot of countries uh, where women can discuss the role of women in the modern world and work out new approaches to solving global pro pro problems. Uh, this year, the forum was attended by 482 international participants from 100, 110 countries. So that's uh, that's uh, a picture of Russia, <laughs> modern Russia, and yeah. about uh, challenging to run business being a woman. I think that everything depends on person, and it's not so important if you are a woman or a man. Sorry. Yeah, no. Effectively, you are right, and I'm just really happy that you underlined that uh, the female force is actually quite strong. Maybe it's, it needs to be communicated better 
internationally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's already a phenomenon which is already well established and uh, well spread in Russia. So I'm really glad that uh, you've highlighted that. You know. And now there is maybe a, an issue which I find sensitive even um, regarding me. And uh, to start with, I'd like to share my own experience. When I just moved uh, to Italy, it was 16 years ago, and I wasn't uh, known. Well, I didn't introduce myself at the beginning. I'm, I'm a, a wine journalist. I'm the founder and publisher of spazzovino.com, which is uh, the uh, premier premier website about Italian wines in Russian language. I've been involved in wine for all, all, almost uh, 20 years. When I moved to Italy 16 years ago, and I wasn't quite known, I was visiting lots of wineries at the beginning, and people didn't know me. And in Tuscany, uh, we went to see a rather famous, internationally famous estate. I was there with the owner. I was uh, there on, as a journalist uh, to prepare quite an important feature about this estate. And I was accompanied by the owner. He was a man. And at some point, his uh, phone rang and he was speaking to somebody in Italian. And uh, he was saying, You know, I'm busy. Sono qui con una bella ragazza. Nice girl. <laughs> to be honest, I was not impressed with this attitude because I was there, you know, if somebody runs me, I don't say that, you know, I'm here with a... With a request vero, perché no? Handsome man, yeah. So dealing with your foreign partners uh, from Italy, but all, not, not necessarily Italy, from any country, have you ever found yourself in such situations uh, when your male partners would have a dismissive attitude to, towards you? just because you're a woman. And let's make it also, let's play fair, let's also uh, ask these questions. Did this ever play in your favor as well? Have you, did you, did you put it to your advantage? I've never, never ever found myself in a situation where my male, uh, male business partner had a dismissive uh, attitudes towards me because I am a woman. N never, this is absolutely true. Uh, but sometimes, there were situations when it worked to, to my advantage. Right. Well, I'll be very curious to hear that. <laughs> Can you give us some examples? Uh, some... Uh, you know, it's the, the, uh, the same story when uh, people, when they see that you are a woman, uh, uh, beautifully dressed uh, with hairdo, etc. A lot of people uh, around us, you know, they are men. And this is absolutely natural. Uh, it could help, but uh, it, nevertheless, your professional skill, skills and your brain is much more important. If it goes together, you could be a winner. If not, not. <laughs> yes, we have this really nice uh, Russian pro proverb. When you meet somebody for the first time, they judge you by their appearance, but yeah. when they say goodbye to you, they judge you by your brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the message of this proverb, uh, which, which, which I totally agree with. Um, okay, so we, we have um, touched upon the purely uh, female issues, and now I'd like to spend a bit of time talking about the, the, uh, wine, the import wine business, and particularly about uh, your Italian portfolio. So first, first of all, uh, quite a general question. Uh, so, so you've run MBG and then later the second company called Millennium in total for over 25 years. So you have a really long history of uh, running a wine import business. How did things evolve in this quarter of a century? Quarter of a century, oh yeah, <laughs> really a long period. Um, yes. <laughs> During this time, it, it, it never 
uh, came to my mind that it's really a quarter of a century. <laughs> During this time, our company has uh, experienced really different, very different uh, moments. When we first started importing wine in Russia, it was perceived uh, as an exceptionally luxury and took up a small share uh, in consumption. Now the situation has changed. Russians love wine and are already very versed in it, especially uh, when compared uh, with what happened uh, 15 or 20 years ago. On the other hand, we have experienced uh, as a company, as a country, very uh, uh, several very uh, severe crises. Their dates are very well known to everyone in Russia, 1998, 2008, 2014, and of course, global 2020. Surely it, uh, it didn't help to gain the general wealth uh, of the population, but uh, could be also a vaccine that prevents us to lose optimism in difficult situations. As for, yeah, as for MBG, MBG continues to be uh, a certain premium player in the market, but every time we try to adapt, adapt our strategy to the new reality and, uh, and always kept working. Yes, uh, a question about consumers. Uh, you've mentioned that indeed uh, the Russian people love drinking wine, but it wasn't like this. 25 years ago, so at some point you, you had to introduce this culture because there was effectively no culture in the 90s. It was no culture at all, you know, so I, I can tell you some very funny story. We had clients who wanted to, 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 to drink only uh, Bordeaux Grand Cru, okay? And uh, uh, it was uh, not even something very, very very serious, like Chateau Margaux, Chateau Lafitte, and they were, they, they were uh, buying these wines by cases. And uh, me personally, I, I adore uh, matching foods and wine, the pairing, etc. But when I, uh, one day I was invited to the dinner by these people, you cannot imagine. I almost fall down because they were drinking this wine with herrings. Russian style. No. no. <laughs> well, that, that, that must be the most exotic and most clashing wine can be. <laughs> oh my goodness. But obviously now, you know, things have moved on so dramatically. And uh, just these days, uh, we were celebrating the arrival of Michelin Guide in Russia. Mm -hmm. And I know that in Moscow now there yeah. are Yes, yeah. two star restaurants and then a number of uh, one Michelin star, but in total over 60 restaurants, which yes. we now mentioned in the Michelin Guide. So I bet none of these guys would ever think to, to combine herring with Chateau Margot. <laughs> 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 Incredible. Right. Um, so uh, let's now touch upon uh, your Italian portfolio. And I know that in uh, 1996, your first Italian brand in MBG was Antinorius. So, you know, a really heavy weight from uh, Tuscany, an internationally recognized uh, company, a celebrity company, I can even say. And how did you manage to convince them to work with you? Because, you know, back in those days, there was, uh, I imagine that the company was uh, quite small and just starting to, to develop. How did that happen? 
Bearing in mind, you know, the, the, it was a smaller market at the time. Uh, Antinori, maybe they uh, they had heard uh, of our company. They came to see me. That that was a story. As for me, I have been in love with Italy since the early nineties, traveling a lot there, and I was hugely interested uh, in Italian wine which was maybe different uh, uh, to my competitors who featured French, French wines in, the, in their portfolio more. And uh, believe me, I hadn't done anything to convince, to push Antinori to have MBG as a partner. But uh, now the, the, we have uh, 25, 26 years of friendship and I am absolutely happy because it's it's uh, it's almost a love story for 25 years. I adore these people. I respect them. And Pierre Antinori, for me, he is like an icon, uh, God, and that's uh, Antinori people company. Well, I'm so glad to hear that. Thank you. And uh, you know what's also interesting? I remember your background. That that when you started your company, you were more into uh, you you were better prepared on the French side. Let's say. Because yes, absolutely. You were working uh, with the French. French. That's that's and, very yeah. yeah, that's very true. But uh, you know, so my son was born in Paris, and I worked for a French company before, and I was very French-oriented uh, girl. But my soul and heart belong to Italy. Wow, and then travel more. It was absolutely no uh, no. My choice was done, and uh, till now I adore, adore Paris. Uh, I like and love uh, French uh, culture, and but my heart and soul is Italian. Maybe I had been Italian before in my previous life. Who knows? <laughs> who, knows? who knows? But certainly, you know that there, there are certain emotions, which I think not just you, but uh, lots of Russians have towards Italy. And I think this feeling is mutual, which is important. Yes, because we have a lot of uh, uh, things together. You know, this feeling of mamma, uh, ospiti, pasta, mangiare bene. I think that we, we have a lot of good common. That's why it's like this. Yeah, and maybe that's why also it's easier for us to, to make uh, friends, to, to make new connections in Italy. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, well, uh, now I know you have a quite a serious portfolio, obviously very well established with uh, great producers from all over the world. And there are uh, about a dozen of them uh, from Italy. Uh, among them, I, I would like to mention just a few. For example, there are Elena Valk from Alto Adige, mm -hmm. Rini from Veneto, Le Macchioli from Bulgaria, Argiola from Sardinia, and they are all run by women. And now we were talking about Antinori uh, also. In the last few years, Alghiera uh, Antinori, the daughter of Piero, took over the business and she, she is a fantastic no, three, three girls, three of girls, Alghiera, uh, 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 Allegra and Alessia, they are involved in business, three of them. Yeah, so we have now all these ladies, Elena Walk, uh, Marilisa Allegrini, who is also an amazing personality, Cinzia Merli, yeah. who has a really yeah. difficult, interesting story as well. And then Valentina Argiolas, who is actually present here at the Wine to, to Wine Forum. Yeah. So um, is that a coincidence that, you know, a considerable part of your portfolio is actually the female producers from Italy? Eleonora, I'm happy that the situation is like this, but uh, uh, this has never even, even crossed my mind 
And this is the truth is that this is coincidence. Right. Well, it's a very happy and a really good coincidence. And I think yeah, now in Italy, the, the female force is also, it's always been there, but it's kind of been uh, not communicated properly. So I think mm -hmm. it's about time that these things are really at, at the fore of communication. Okay. And uh, what about your general situation now uh, with MBG, with uh, with Millennium, uh, with the portfolio? Is it expanding? Are you keeping it the same? Because you are you are being very, you have a very set portfolio. You work with producers for a long time. All your all your partners are long established, and it's interesting to see whether you have plans to expand. How's uh, the pricing going? Because we know that with the current situation, it's not very easy with the economic situation. So, and uh, how is Italy generally performing uh, compared to other countries or other brands which you have in your portfolio? Okay, so uh, we have uh, a extensive and diversified portfolio in which uh, we have wine of almost all wine producing countries. We sell uh, global brands so like, uh, for example, Antinori or Champagne d'Etanger, but also small and vibrant wineries like. Uh, Markus Huber, for example, from Austria, and uh, also like uh, uh, Recolton uh, from Champagne. Uh, MBG Millennium altogether uh, have 80 uh, exclusive contracts with producers. And uh, from this, we have 20, uh, 23, 23 contracts with, uh, with uh, Italy. In terms of sale, uh, Italy is our historical core portfolio. And nowadays, the Italy takes nearly 40% of our annual turnover. And if uh, uh, the Russian market is changing and evolving a lot in uh, such countries like Germany, New Zealand, Portugal, South Africa, we are showing growth uh, performance in our Italian portfolio in in contrast to the general stability of the the whole wine market. As for pricing, ah, by the way, also in uh, uh, Italy is number one in value, number one in ranking of uh, of uh, countries uh, wine uh, producers, wine exporters in Russia. And as for pricing, unfortunately. The, the demand is uh, very high for the wines, which price is lower than 2.5 euro X works. Yeah. And then there is a, also a demand for more than 16 euro. And now I am talking about the growth in, in uh, importation. Unfortunately, situation is like this. So yeah, it's I mean it's it's a complicated situation. On the one hand, it's quite encouraging to hear that your Italian um, presence performance is uh, growing, despite the fact that you've had 25 years um, and lots of brands are, are quite historic for you. So it, it's 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 good news that there is still room for the market. Yes. But as you are saying, it is rather complicated to uh, with the current economic situation in Russia plus. Uh, that's why less than two two point five euro. That's why less. Not because people don't have money. That's that's yeah. an answer. 
Yeah, that, that's uh, that's quite strong. Okay, I be, before we round up, we still have a few minutes, and I'm really curious also to talk about your other businesses. Just just to see that you're not only the the wine lady that um, you you have uh, built a, a rather successful restaurant business. You have two very different directions. On the one hand, we are talking about Cantinetta Antinori, which is uh, present in Moscow, which is a fine dining restaurant. And on the other side, you have the chain, which is called Achleb Ivino, which is bread and wine, which is a, a chain of more democratic eateries. So completely two different concepts. And uh, could you tell us uh, a bit more about them? Continent Antinori, yeah. This is uh, my uh, project together with my friend, close friend, uh, Arkady Novikov. And uh, my way to the to rest, restaurant business was done by him because in 1997 or six, he invited uh, me to join him in his uh, project Grand Opera Restaurant. It was like a, a restaurant with a performance, with uh, the beautiful performance. And it started like this. And for me, it was a priceless experience because I, I could look at my profession uh, with uh, the client's eyes. Then uh, our second project, 17 years ago, we opened Continent Antinori, which is also a unique experience, not only for me, but for, uh, for, for, for the for MBG company. And uh, we are both, Arkady and we, we are very proud that the restaurant is going very well. And we have very, uh, we, we have guests the same all these years, and some of them, they, they come two, three, time a week could you imagine it means yeah that they they love the ambiance wine and uh, and food and so we are very 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 proud arkady says that uh, this continental is one of his favorites and one of his real real restaurants by the way you know that uh, uh, arkady's restaurant artist uh, got two star michelin yeah, congratulations to him and to you as a, as the partner in, um, in, in, in this area. <laughs> and I also should mention that, you know, I've been to the one in Florence, so the, the formats are a little, a little bit different because obviously the one in Moscow is much more uh, fine uh, dining, let's say. And it, again, you know, it's, it's just compliments to both of you that you've managed to have such a great level of loyalty from, from your clients, from your customers. Thank you love coming there especially in the context of moscow where things move very fast yeah yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely do not really live for a very very long time so yeah. we should say that this is this is a really incredible and um, probably one of the unique cases when the restaurant uh, is uh, so so it has such a reputation and what about club and we know bread and wine uh, the idea was to to open like a wine st starbucks right yeah, uh, very democratic and easy. And now we have three, and so we own three uh, bread and wine, and one we have also in Moscow in franchising. And uh, obviously, you the wines are, are supplied from yeah, from yeah. by our companies, yeah. Right. And what is the range of wines which is present there? Different, they... different, yeah, different. Not, and not... We, ch we change it uh, just to all all this. We, we want to educate people. We want to to create interest, uh, uh, you know, in people for 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 better know wines. We try to do different type of pairing, but all these uh, very very easy and democratic. Okay, great, great. 
and maybe just a few words about your cosmetics company you know this is obviously something quite natural for the uh, for the woman to have it's totally yeah. different from the wine business so it's, uh, it's at the same time didn't they both both of these um uh, you know it was a just like it, it was a coincidence that in 1995 I started both of these businesses. The, I, I like cosmetics, generally speaking, being a woman. Yeah, and uh, and uh, it started like this. And so the the MBG Beauty is a very serious player player on the market, and uh, the, there is uh, there are a lot of uh, things in common because both companies they are importing companies. Okay. And then we do distribution, and the channels of distributions uh, are also very similar because we work now with MBG Beauty with big uh, food shops for some for some range of our products, and also with uh, beauty institutes, beauticians. It's more or less similar. And for me, wine and cosmetic both activities are my passion. Yeah, I. I I, I like very much the phrase of, of Confucius, choose a job you love and you'll never have to work a day in your life. <laughs> That's a great saying. So I guess uh, you feel yourself on holidays. Yeah, <laughs> permanently. <laughs> well, I'm wishing you to continue like that. <laughs> Well, the time flies really quickly and we've already been chatting for half an hour. So that's, and I mean, we've been quite good. We've been on time, so everything goes uh, well. And I think now it's um, the time to take some questions from our audience. So uh, I have a couple of uh, quite interesting questions, which are also uh, really burning issues in our society. One of them, of course, is linked to, to COVID. And the question is, what impact has COVID had on Russian consumption habits? You know, COVID, uh, this is a very interesting question, by the way. Mm. I don't know if you know, you, you don't know that online uh, sales of wines are prohibited in Russia. That's why, uh, so just, it's, it's not uh, so easy. You cannot, uh, you can go through the, the special wine shops, but like wine companies, uh, we, we can deal with private clients, but we cannot sell online. And in COVID situation, this is this is not not very easy. But uh, nevertheless, uh, uh, when COVID started, we uh, uh, almost doubled uh, in the first two months our our sales to private our private cl uh, clients because people they stayed home and they they wanted to drink wines. And maybe the mood was not very good, and they needed some sort of like you know something great to warm up. And uh, the restaurants, uh, the Horika channel, uh, was in very bad situation because we had lockdown for more than two months in Moscow, almost three, and in regions even more, in St. Pete also even more. And then it started to open with restaurants from terraces, mm -hmm. and uh, then. Uh, the the only by the end of of summer Korika channel uh, was open what happened what, what, also very interesting what happened uh, afterwards when the situation started to, to to be better people in the restaurants they started to to drink more expensive wine 
And uh, this was also maybe the effect that people, they were so tired to, to be nervous, to be scared that they wanted, they wanted to, to have a great, uh, great uh, celebration of, uh, of the situation. Now the situation is not good in, in Russia and um, we'll, we'll, we are waiting uh, how it will be going on um, because we have a lot of contagious people every day. But till now, everything is open and people, they drink wine. And uh, so the consumption, uh, the consumption is growing. Yeah, so I understand, yes, that, uh, you know, we are, unfortunately, we're still far away from uh, saying that, you know, it's all over us. So we are still living in this uh, very uneasy period. But uh, I totally agree that, you know, like like in other countries, the situation is that um, people maybe also realize that they, they'd rather drink something good now because you, yeah, know, yeah, yeah. you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow to you. Yeah, so so it's, and I really sincerely hope that Russia will get out of situation like Italy where things are stabilizing. Hopefully mm -hmm. Russia will follow the same path very, very quickly. Okay, yes, uh, somebody just asked the questions about e-commerce, but you, you've already touched upon it, that uh, in Russia... Oh, it's prohibited, so, it's, so just, all we have with uh, wine uh, online shops, but uh, yeah, there, by law no... it's prohibited. Absolutely. Right, well, I also have another uh, quite interesting question, which is uh, concerning our female impact. Irina, uh, do you attribute the success of your company uh, to the involvement of women in the management of the company? What is more important than so-called female intuition or professionalism? Both. Both. Uh, intuition without professionalism is... It, it's very good. It helps, but uh, as I said, as I said before, uh, you have to have uh, professional skills. If not, now. Okay. Um, be before we close, uh, I know that you have some really interesting stories. You probably have lots of uh, interesting uh, stories uh, connecting you to the Italian producers. Or, or which uh, general public doesn't know. And I know that you were indirectly uh, connected to one of the wines which is becoming an iconic wine uh, in Italy. Uh, it is from uh, Lodovico Antinori. And yeah. I'm really uh, happy if you could share the story how you were involved in the birth of this wine. Um, you know that, uh, <laughs> okay, I can, I can do it. It's very funny because Lodovica doesn't remember rather well the situation, but uh, uh, when the, the famous uh, Lodovico, wine Lodovico, was uh, done, was produced for the first time, and the Lodovica Antinori came to our house in Sardinia with uh, two bottles, just to share with us uh, the taste, uh, to taste together. The wine was great, first, first samples perfect, but I, I I, I saw the name on the bottle, which was written like this by hand, and the name was very strange. It was something like Alpha, Alpha, Alpha something. I was really very much surprised with such a name, and I asked Lodovico, why did the wine uh, has so strange name? And it's really strange name. And he said, I don't know what to do, how to call it. And my husband and me, the same time, we said, listen, there is a great name, call the, the, this wine Lodovico, and that's all. <laughs> this is a story, and now, so, we were a little bit like, uh, 
Madrini, Madrino, Padrino. So in fact, you christened this wine, and uh, I remember when I was tasting for the very first release, it, it, it's a really impressive, impressive wine. And I'm, I'm really happy that, you know, this inside story that there is a Russian involvement, that it actually is there. So it doesn't happen very often, but yes, <laughs> maybe it will go now down in history. Okay, right. Uh, well, uh, going back a little bit to the uh, e-commerce, there is one question just to clarify. Uh, does the online prohibition apply to all alcohol? Everything. Everything. Uh, the only thing I don't know about the beer, beer because I'm not a beer drinker, but everything. Okay. Uh, and um, probably the last question, uh, which, which is going to be serious, it's from me. Uh, uh, if you could clarify, we have a couple of minutes left before we need to close mm -hmm. up. Uh, if you could clarify uh, the situation within your uh, law, which was uh, passed in Russia in summer and which involved uh, the importation. I think it was affected quite badly. So it, just in a couple of words, what is the essence of the law and how is the situation now? Are you able to import normally or do you still have problems with the, with the importation? No, for wines is okay. It was the, 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 the story with EGT, how to do it, etc. With wines is okay, its classification is okay and so it's okay. They changed, and uh, because in the beginning they wanted to just to name Chateau Margot table wine Chateau Margot. It's absolutely not possible. So with wine is okay. It was a very short period, maybe one week, when the, the, the situation was not very clear. And but afterwards, okay. Problem, problem. We have the champagne. Because uh, uh, Russian law says that uh, on the um, labels, but not front label, the, 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 the label which is behind it with Russian, Russian letters, now it should be written sparkling wine, sparkling wine, not champagne. Of course, uh, uh, French producers, they are not happy because champagne is only champagne, Montagne de Rams and all, all these things, all these areas around. They were not happy, and they blocked the uh, the the uh, the, uh, the importation exportation, and uh, the importation the importing was was also blocked and closed. We had uh, BMBG and Millennium. We had almost uh, thirty thousand bottles in our warehouse in uh, Latvia, which were blocked for one one and a half months. And uh, uh, now the situation uh, is resolved, but uh, not a hundred percent because then French side said that nevertheless it's not possible for the big uh, uh, important champagne houses to 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 agree to such a discrimination. And uh, my, our personal story, we, we, we are importing Récoltant uh, 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 from Champagne because they will agree to, to this label. But uh, uh, till now, uh, my two contracts, uh, Laurent Perrier and Tétanger, I don't have uh, Champagne. And I will have it uh, a little bit late for the season. It will be in in, a, in, in two weeks because the, the deliveries were blocked by the producers uh, in Champagne. Right. And so I understand. I understand the 
and you know i you asked me about the essence of this law i can't understand it this is really the most stupid possible thing which could have happened i don't understand it and i i i i find it uh really unfair and uh out of logic yeah well and unfortunately you know the implications of the law and all the um I don't know all, all all the expenses they all go again on the on on the importer so yeah. you are yeah. you are the one who has to deal yes. and it's really not a very yeah. fair play it's not, not fair play and you know that for, for us now we are approaching the, the highest season of the year Absolutely. and champagne is a drink of this high season number one so yes well, uh, we, we need to close our session, unfortunately. Um, and uh, I thank you so much, Irina, for being honest, direct, and for having uh, a really, really uh, good uh, 45 minutes. I hope that our audience got lots of uh, new and valid information from us. And I thank everybody very much for being present. And of course, again, thank you, Irina, for- Thank you for very much. And well, I wish you, wishing you all the best and hope to see you in Italy soon. Thank you. Grazie mille. Grazie. Okay. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya FM, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, chin chin. Hi everybody, Italian Wine Podcast celebrates its fourth anniversary this year, and we all love the great content they put out every day. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People has become a big part of our day, and the team in Verona needs to feel our love. Producing the show is not easy, folks. Hurting all those hosts, getting the interviews, dropping the clubhouse recordings, not to mention editing all the material. Let's give them a tangible fan hug with a contribution to all their costs. Head to ItalianWinePodcast.com and click Donate to show your love.